Durga's Fireside Chat, hosted by Priya Varadarajan. Hello everyone, I'm Priya and I'm part of Durga. Durga is a citizen sector organization that wants to build power and resilience in youth to act against sexual harassment in public spaces and also work towards a gender-just society. Towards this, we do various strategic activities around engaging with youth in various places like colleges, schools, events, online fora and also through active campaigning. To continue with our efforts in engaging with youth through the fireside chat, I will speak to gender justice activists across the country on their activism and inspiration to youth to further the movement. Do listen in, do share your thoughts and do write in to us whenever you have any issues around what you've heard, questions on what you've heard or how you understand issues of gender, gender justice or sexual harassment in public spaces. Basha is lead digital engagement partnerships and advocacy in Breakthrough, which is an organization working to create a cultural shift and make discrimination and violence against girls and women unacceptable. So hi, Barsha. Lovely to have you on the Fireside Chat with Durga. It gives me great pleasure to have speakers like you who engage on a regular basis with youth working on issues like gender-based violence and gender justice, very similar to all the work that we are doing in Durga as well. Our first question to you, Basha, is to just you know, learn and know a little bit more about your own journey of activism. What was your journey of activism? Thank you, Priya. Thank you so much for inviting me. And this is a great pleasure always to talk uh, to all of you. Thank you. Uh, so as you asked my uh, journey of activism, uh, I'm not sure if I can call myself an activist, but um, uh, I think it started when I started working and uh, I, I started my uh, professional career um, uh, with an organization called Safai Karmachari Andolan and uh, the organization, it's a movement, uh, it works against the practice of manual scavenging and um, I was, I'm from a dominant caste, I, I, I'm like born and brought up in a, a middle class family with uh, sheer privileges. When I started working, I was the first assignment I was sent to Alwar and I was uh, I was asked to document the women uh, cleaning others' excreta as a part of a PIL going on in Supreme Court. And uh, in the morning in Alwar, I went to, you know, document the whole process to see what is happening. And I was shocked. And I was, I think that was the biggest shock of my life I kind of came across. I did not know something like that exists, that somebody uh, uh, cleans others' excreta and that's their job. And then I, I, I mean, you know, as I worked more, I, I realized that how caste works in the whole dynamics, how, how women of a, a one marginal uh, community is way more marginalized than you know, I as a woman. So I think my journey, if I say, uh, started uh, with understanding my own privilege and where I stand and what I can do to one, look at my privilege and work on it. And how do I basically bridge the gap? And I think my, my entire journey started from there. My entire orientation started from there, knowing uh, my own privilege and positioning my own self. Uh, it, it is 
very important to understand and what i understood uh, throughout my work and after that i i started working with an anti poverty organization i had the opportunity to travel all across the country i i had the opportunity to meet women across the country and i could feel that um you know it's it's not the same when we talk about women all women are not same all of us are not uh, you know uh, have the same burden of caste class and, and different social other social aspect so that basically kind of uh, made me think the way i work made me uh, you know believe in feminism and actually made me more interested knowing about feminism and uh, yeah i mean that is how i started working and uh, the more i interacted with women more i got perspective the more i challenged my own biases uh, the more you know i i i was exposed to people's different realities i i realized that okay my reality my reality is not all people do have different realities which are very very different from me and understanding uh you know at least trying trying to understand those reality it's not always possible um you know to um uh, you know un- understand it properly because if we don't have the similar experience it's it's very different so as i was giving example of like caste i will again go back to caste i think it helped me to uh, check my own biases it helped me to how i was interacting with others so to me i think that was the first journey and i think to me it's a very very important part because we mostly when we learn something new when we uh, get exposed to something new we have this tendency to externalize or othering the entire thing but it's i think the the whole journey starts with your own self and self awakening thank you so much basha so safai karmachari is a very very great place to start with and abizwara Wilson um has you know sort of helped a lot of people understand the concept and the idea of um, uh you know the manual scavenging and the system of the lack of it and the atrocities and also the an important point that you brought around intersectionality and the fact that you were able to question your own privilege but at the same time it requires a lot of guts to even do that right to be able to say and acknowledge that yes i come from privilege and i'm willing to question it because i know that different people have different stories so that's that's really really fantastic to hear from you and i'm sure whoever's listening in will also be able to uh, you know sort of learn a lot from that my next question to you basha is i think you already alluded to it and you did bring the intersectional sectionality aspect in feminism but i'm still keen to understand what is the you know the that side or that aspect of feminism that you connect with most so if i put it very uh simply um as a woman uh it 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 is never something you know something singularly affect you uh being a part of you know society uh there are there are multiple factors attached to it and the more factors attached to your identity tend to create that burden or privilege so for example if i say that i am i come from a dominant caste and i am a woman and i belong to middle class for me uh, i have never come across a caste atrocity so if i if i um, you know come first in my class nobody is going to challenge or question my intellect because i come from a dominant caste uh, now uh, for Uh, a manual scavenging woman just because she is born in a particular caste 
she is supposed to or she is expected to from by the uh, society do certain work now if i am a masters i will look for certain work but if for a uh, for somebody who's a man i mean somebody who who is born in a you know at a, a certain caste is supposed is is expected to do the work because of the fact that she is born in that caste so that absolutely changes a lot of dynamics for both of us even in spite of being both of us being a woman interestingly even if you see the in the field of manual scavenging when manual scavenging happens if i'm a uh, you know daughter of a manual scavenger who, who is into the practice of manual scavenging i might not take up manual scavenging as a work until i'm married i i might not be expected to do the work until i'm married but the moment i am married to another family who's also into manual scavenging i will be working i am expected to work so here the marriage brings the entire patriarchal uh, discourse but the caste also adds on to that entire practice so if i say that as a as a brahman person i am uh you know allowed i am uh, uh you know expected and given sanction to a lot of things which a dalit woman won't be and and it's just not in terms of opportunity in terms of access also you know untouchability is like a huge issue in our country and and no matter how much we deny it it still exists somewhere it's something very brutal somewhere it's very very on the face somewhere it's something very very hidden but it's there it's very much there so somebody who is facing the burn of patriarchy somebody who is facing the burn of untouchability imagine the level of violation imagine the level of discrimination that woman is facing and that will be anywhere more than any of us dealing at this point of time if i i encounter uh, a crime uh, for example I, i'm a victim of a crime police station will be way more accessible for me as a dominant caste than a dalit woman the justice is way more accessible for me than a dalit woman so there there are multiple way we do see that it's just not enough to talk about women because women is not a singular identity as a woman i am also carrying multiple identities and my identities can uh, bring a lot of consequences to my life so uh, it's very very important that we do not you know engage Uh, at a very simple level or at a very simple simplified surface level we need to dig into the nuances of identity when we are dealing with women's rights or we are de- talking about uh, violence against women thank you so much basha it's more a learning i think even for us as we listening to you and i'm sure uh, what you're saying comes from a deep space of empathy but at the same time connect with the individuals you've been working with and whose lives you've been able to thanks a lot for that my next question is that uh, so one of the manifestations of this inequities based on one's identity and one's own journey uh, is violence right so gender based violence is so uh, overarching and so on the face in a country like ours and uh, particularly because we have these class caste uh, stigma and hatred in some sense right so how do you think so while the system and government and everyone will do their part or hope that they do their part we also need to build communities that build have resilience and strength to be able to address the issue of gender based violence at their own level because it has to happen at their level as well so how do you think that one can actually build communities that have the strength to be able to say that you know 
let's co collectively address the issue of violence and let's stigmatize the person who's violating rather than shame the victim. Uh, so I would like to take this question uh, in two parts. Okay, so one, I feel that, uh, you know, this whole uh, discrimination, gender-based discrimination, I think it's it's a very, very huge issue. It's it's not something, it's not something very issue-based. So uh, how I have learned gender, I have never studied gender uh, studies or, you know, uh, women's studies kind of a thing. I have learned gender through working. And uh, since I've started working mostly with the anti-poverty organization, or anti-poverty, uh, you know, uh, community-based organizations. Uh, what I have seen that gender exists everywhere. And uh, from the budget to toilet to uh, ration card to crimes. Um, and, and we uh, generally do not see that. And uh, how I want to explain that how that is violence. For example, um, toilet is an immediate need and toilet is something very essential. But if you look at the situation of public toilet, you'll not find enough toilet for women. Or if it's there, then uh, it's, it's not an, in a functional state. So where do women go to pee? And if I am out and I'm not able to pee, it's a violence because that's that's something very something basic I, I need or something it's basic required. But if that is not happening, that's that's a structural gap. Secondly, second thing comes to the person at the personal level. You know, we we do talk about like against dowry, but we don't do anything, uh, you know, if, if we encounter dowry in our own families and um, we have, uh, you know, um, I mean, from my experience, I have seen that we tend to be very vocal when it comes to, you know, uh, holding somebody else accountable. But it's it's very rare than we hold ourselves accountable. And I think we first stop, need to stop othering the problem. You know, if I if I take example of a sexual harassment in a public space, we do see that people do not come forward to stop it. Uh, it is it like they, that they don't find this a problem? They do find it problematic. They don't don't think that's something very nice happening. But they always think that, okay, this is somebody else's problem. This is not my problem. So the problem is, it, it has never been, this whole gender discrimination has never been people's problem. It's it never been a community problem. And we have to try to make it a community problem. And so it's very important to talk about gender in different aspects. If we only talk about gender, gender-based discrimination when it comes to violence, like direct violence, a lot of time I have seen that, uh, you know, this whole justification comes that, oh, you know, maybe this is a one-off case or, you know, the lot of like, why, why didn't, you know, she come before to talk about it, a little lot of justification comes. And it comes because we tend to other. It, it comes because we never think that what this person is going through we mostly get engaged more engaged to justify our own standpoint uh, so one first we have to stop justifying violence i mean we can't justify violence it is violence we have to take it as violence and we have to address it as violence secondly we have to uh, you know look at different structural gaps when i call structural gaps uh, I, I talk about the, uh, you know, um, basic rights, gaps in the basic rights. Um, if I am not allowed to study, 
I am not allowed to have exposure, enough exposure. Now that enough exposure can give me a lot of confidence to talk about my own journey and my own experiences to the outer world. It also gives me a lot of, uh, you know, learning and a lot of perspective to deal with these uh, kind of issues and also work on my own life you know access opportunity suppose i i have faced a crime i don't know where to go and i don't know how to access or i'm not allowed to go only uh, then how will i access so it, it's very important that yes we look at the particular you know uh, incident but we also need to look at why the incidents are happening and why we are comfortable with it and i have a deep discomfort with this whole comfort and um, i feel first we need to break that whole comfort zone it's we need to push this whole uh, you know idea and narrative that it is not okay no matter who is suffering from it no matter who is doing it but calling out violence is something very important and and i think it's something very actionable and it's something very uh, interesting to start with and i think the moment we call out violence we take that step ahead and call it out i think we do get a lot of support people do do come out and, and i think it, it's also a very interesting uh, phenomenon that people do wait for somebody else to take a step ahead and i think somewhere at this point of time uh, i think we have to take that step ahead and we have to uh, bring this entire uh, you know thing of not accepting violence and and have that conversation with others and uh, to that i also i want to add like as i have been talking about caste and i i deeply believe that without uh, uh, we you know stop this whole caste based practices we cannot fight with patriarchy uh, it it goes hands in hand it cannot work in isolation so it is important that uh, you know as a dominant caste if I, I you are from dominant caste it's important to check your own privilege and your own practice and have this conversation of caste and gender within your own circle like if i talk about boys i think it's very important for the boys to talk about gender if we should not the boy should not wait for a girl to you know raise this issue if it's a, a violence is happening i think the boy also understands that this is not right and we do see a lot of times boys come out like we have seen like in a recent case of a girl, girl's locker room conversation it was a boy who was a whistleblower who leaked all the chats out so it's it's important at this point of time it's it's important not to wait for the survivor to you know come out and talk about it but as a perpetrator or or somebody from a dominant caste to ca continue this conversation i think it, the onus is more on us to have the conversation than somebody who is suffering from the whole consequence of patriarchy and caste no, so don't wait for someone else to take action we all have it in ourselves to do something about the issue and we must take the responsibility because the onus is on us. That's what you've told us here, Basha. Thank you so much. It was wonderful having this conversation with you. Thanks a lot. Durga's Fireside Chat Hosted by Priya Varadarajan 